Welcome back, adventurer. Care for another story? One of a hero's triumph against darkness? A dragon's journey of self-discovery? Or perhaps two souls' quests to find unity? Well, pull up a chair and have a listen. Hi everybody and welcome to The RPG Show. This is a show we rate, review, and talk about RPGs. My name's Brent, I'm your host. With me today, I have the bestiality bros themselves. First up, we have Nick Interplaner Parenting Gander. How you doing, man? Well, you know, just pumping and dumping. Next up, we have Ryan. That's not a real dragon, Gantner. How you doing, man? Hey, I'm doing well. All right. I'm doing well. Well, what do we have today? Today, today, today... This is our, our new game for the year. We played Fire Emblem Fates in its various uh, incarnations, which we'll get to in a minute. This bad boy was released February 19th, 2016 by Intelligent Systems for the 3DS. Yes, it was. That's really new for us. Super new. But anyway, it was released in three versions. There was Birthright, Conquest, and Revelations, each with... Uh, I guess you could say different aesthetic appeals and different storylines, I think is the major difference in those three versions. Am I am I correct there, gentlemen? That's correct. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm not wrong. So which versions did everybody complete? All I got through was Birthright. My time was a little crunched up. Nick, how, how did you fare? Um, I know I promised to get through all of them, but I only got through Birthright myself because I'm a slacker. <sighs> like, in my defense... I got sucked back into Final Fantasy XIV and Dark Souls 3 came out, so. <laughs> Alright, Ryan, how about you? How many versions did you play? Yeah, fellas, I played Birthright. I'm probably not the best person to be talking about this. If we've all only played Birthright, that's a little crazy. Well, that's well, okay. I played a little bit of Conquest and Revelations, but I didn't beat them. I kind of I, I kind of did uh, some uh, cursory looking. I kind of get the gist. Like, almost, the stories are almost kind of identical, as in they hit like the same kind of majorist points but they like they're flipped in some cases or like the way mm-hmm. of getting there is different um well like the first the the birthright and conquest the villain is the same but then you fight the true villain in revelations really because you learn that i assume revelations answered a whole lot of questions that i still had come the end of birthright apparently because like you you come to find out that there's like another there's a dragon race that's been controlling things and the king of Nor is not actually the king of Nor. Well, I mean, you get hints of that in Birthright. But it's like it's just like the puppet slime thing that was sent by this ancient dragon thing to do stuff. You see, all right, we'll get to this. <laughs> see, all right, this is this is where I start with my problem because essentially what they're asking us to do 
is each of these games is a full-length game. Like, it's no fucking joke. They was it 28... 29 chapters. 29 that. chapters a piece plus paralogs and all this extra stuff you can do. That's that's a full-length game. And they're almost full retail price for all three. I mean, you do get a bit of a break if you buy one and buy the next one, right? Yeah. But discount. still, you're looking at it like 80 bucks for the complete story, something like that. Pretty much. To me, that's kind of bullshit. I agree. Am I the only one in that in that boat? You got Pokemon syndrome. <laughs> Not even really that. Like, at least Pokemon is the same story. It's just different monsters. That's even worse, though. Is it, though? Yes, because people buy the same game for Pokemon. See, I don't think I would catch, mind. So, like, catch the different Pokemon, but you're just playing the same goddamn So, game. like, in Birthright, they take all the typical classes that you would have in a normal Fire Emblem games, and they, they, re, they kind of reskin them all, right? The Japanese them. Yeah, essentially. Japanese, Japan, Japanerize? Japanerize? I, we're, <laughs> I don't know. We're, 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 we're treading. Yeah. We're treading some fucking soil there. <laughs> That's because like you can Americanize something, so it would be just Jap- Japanized, Jap- Japanized. <laughs> but how does that even work? I don't know. Well, you're the one trying to figure it out. I'm just saying I'm they re. I was. I was fine with they reskinned it. You're like, I gotta name it well, because they did a particular theme. You can't just be like, oh, they reskinned it. Well, it's I mean, Japanese it's themed. It's feudal it's, Japan exactly. essentially. So, but anyway, like. I would have been okay with paying full price for Birthright and having the same story as Conquest, but my units are this other skin and theme. That doesn't make any sense. But then Conquest be like their traditional one with traditional units. But the same story. No, well, not exact, not the exact same story, but you get the same information. You know what I'm saying? Like they're legitimately holding pieces of information from you in each of these paths. Like you're not getting the full picture from any one game. Like, you can tell the story in an individual game and get the full picture, but from a different, like, perspective, but still have the same understanding that there's these weird dragon people, like, running the show. Like, you could do that. You don't get that until you play Revelations. But that's what I'm saying. Like, they are legitimately taken in, like, no wonder the story made sense. None of it makes sense. Because you have to play fucking Revelations to understand what the hell's going on. Right? I mean, I can't really argue that. But in the... I feel like the way it works works for this because they're taking a legit stance by saying if your character were to travel this particular path they would be Uh these particular characters Uh and they would have this particular Uh information thrown Uh at them they wouldn't know the whole side of the story conversely if they choose the other side they only know that half of the story whereas if they refuse to choose sides then because they're not interacting in the same way then they go on the, a different path and sure. are presented with different answers. Sure, sure, sure. It's all bullshit. It's fine. All right. I'm upset about it. It's I okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little Jesus. saucy. All right. Get that come out your mouth. Maybe it'll be all right. <laughs> Take it and shove it. All right. So we've we've sort of... Uh, Ryan, what are your feelings on the three different... Like having three different versions of the game that you have to play to understand the whole um, thing? Yeah, no, there's there's definitely justification, really, either way you go. Like, you were just talking about the Pokemon thing. That's literally the same game, just rehashed with some new Pokemon and some taken out in here and there. And, uh, I mean, with Fire Emblem, or Fates, I guess, it's uh, it's kind of justifiable in the sense that you said it does give you three different stories, albeit three very shitty, incomplete stories. Um, but when you put them together, it makes something great. Um, now, I, ha- I hadn't played Conquest, but I played it for, like, 11 chapters. 
but I can totally guess it's the exact opposite, like in uh, Birthright when the sister from Conquest, I don't remember the names, um, but she dies, uh, I guess, protecting you in like one of the later chapters. I'm guessing the same thing happens with Sakura if you if you play Conquest, you know? Yeah, it kind of feels really, that way. Because you're part of the same family, I guess, really. But it just seems like the game exactly mirrored. I mean, granted, I'm guessing it's a ton of different maps, different play styles for each game, which is pretty cool, but... You're right, you're getting an incomplete story no matter which path you play, I guess, until Nick said you get to Revelations where it kind of delves into the backstory a little bit more. Um, but, I mean, all in all, I I don't know. I guess I would have rather had just one completely awesome, complete game story-wise rather than three versions where, like you said, you shell 80 bucks just to get the full experience. Um, so that kind of sucks. But, I mean, all in all, I enjoyed Birthright. Uh, sooner or later, I'm going to be playing the other ones through. I guess I just got burnt out a little bit, you know, but... Yeah, because um, I guess I would have enjoyed one big game, you yeah, know. Yeah, because in addition to your eighty bucks, it's also one hundred and twenty hours of game time investment in that bitch to complete True. all three of them. It's fucking a lot. That's if you're not restarting any chapters. Yeah, that's if you're winning every <laughs> fucking minutes. game. Yeah, holy yeah. shit. <laughs> but anyway, uh, as per the usual, we're gonna break this bad boy down into gameplay, story, music, visuals, replayability, and overall experience. Damn, that's a lot of categories. First up, as per you know, the whole kit and caboodle thing that we do. Uh, we're going to break it down into gameplay. So, for the, those of you unfamiliar with Fire Emblem, but how could you be unfamiliar with Fire Emblem? Uh, it is a... It used to be niche. No, it's not so much. Mm. Fair enough, but I, I just think it's a... It's a... Another panda the fucking otaku waifu weeboos, so... Oh, Camila. Jesus Christ. Okay, um... Yes, <laughs> it's a it's a tactical turn based kind of thing where you move your units on a grid, you move all your units, the enemy moves all their units, you attack. Uh, it the combat used to be more simple than it is now. Like uh, it used to be pretty much you know uh, like a paper rock scissors triangle of axe beats uh, lance lance, lance, lance beats sword. sword sword beats axe. Conversely, the same thing for the magic. Yes, fire beats. Uh, light, light beats, dark, dark beats, fire, or anima. It yeah. used to be anima. Yeah, and uh, they've sort of uh, evolved that a little further. Um, a few things that are different in this version that might have also been different in Awakening, but I'm I don't remember. Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, when did durability on weapons go away? Was that Awakening or is it this for this one? This one. You had the main character Krom and Lucina's Falchions. Yeah. They were ever they were infinite use. Yeah. But everything else was Well they always had this well there that wasn't new to have a special weapon that had like a fuck ton of uses. Yes it was. Was it? Because yes, I thought Marth got a special sword in one of those games that had like ninety nine well, fucking the same hits. Oh uh, well there you go. But I don't know if that's was well, it still that still has a durability. It's gonna break eventually. Yeah, but there weren't that many maps. Like you're really not gonna use that well, up. My problem with those with getting special weapons is I never fucking used them because I'm like I never used them because I was like, you know, I've got 20 uses as this thing. That means I only get 20 hits. I can get two hits a turn typically, so I only get 10 fights out of this. I'm not going to waste it. And then you're at the end of the game. You're like, I probably would have been better served using these things. I mean, I I don't know. I always felt like it was a, like, because I would always use the really good ones. I had about five uses left on it. Then you're trying to manage out the other one. I don't know. I like that, that sort of gameplay of it that's all gone in this one. Um... You essentially, you level your units, you can use what are various seals, like I think there are more seals in this game than there normally are, normally it's just like a master seal, 
to promote them to the next one, but this one had like a friendship seal and like a heart or like a heart seal. Yeah, that you could do sort of lateral class changes without removing their level. It was weird. I never really used it. Um, apparently, there's a couple characters that's really potent to use on to move them to a better uh, class with better stat, uh, like a better stat curve. Um, See though, I feel like in this game the stat curves were nerfed hardcore. Well, at least some of the stats. Like I don't, I like I didn't have nearly enough health points. Hell no. Like oh god. Like my Azura was like level twenty with fucking twenty health. I'm like this isn't gonna work for me. <laughs> I don't, what is going on here? Well, let's do, let's go around the table. What difficulty did we play it on, Ryan? What difficulty you played on? Uh, was it hard? Yeah, yeah, I also played on hard. I played on hard. Yeah. All right, so we all played as hard. Like, you, it's a, it's, it's really like I'm typically not the person to go into a game like I need a fucking challenge. Like I just want to play a game most times, and Nick will attest to that. Like I hate fucking losing, but I can't play Fire Emblem <laughs> on anything less than hard. Like it feels wrong for Fire Emblem it, to be easy. It be, really does. Yeah. Be, well, mostly I mean, because you get the whole permadeath aspect of it, and it, for me, it feels a little cheap. I guess. I don't know. A lot of people play it casually with the Phoenix and all that stuff. For me, I just I couldn't play Fire Emblem that way. It just doesn't feel natural. Well, that and it gets it's too easy. Like Fire Emblem, when it's easy, is boring. You just steamroll everything. In in my opinion, Mm -hmm. so like you have to use any strategy if your characters are coming back. Yeah. So um, your strategy becomes, hey, I can meet shield this guy, get some experience with this guy, and then move forward. In in Fire Emblem, the series, um, when a character dies, they often remain dead. Or always remain dead unless it was. I think Phoenix was also setting an Awakening, the previous yeah. title. Just this one. Just casual. Man, I played. Because I played very little Awakening. I just, mm-hmm. I, it just. The whole thing felt very similar to Awakening to me. So, to those who are, we keep saying casual and Phoenix. Casual is if your character dies, they stay dead for the battle, but then they are oh, they come back at the end yeah, of the yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phoenix is your character dies. At they the come back next, of your next turn. They just respawn. Yeah, with full health. Yes. Because so it's, <laughs> it's so cheap. I, know, like, I could never right. play that way. It's just like, oh, man. fucking take your avatar, just run him up the middle straight towards the boss, let him die, and come to, back for full health every fucking turn. Mm-hmm. That's right. retarded. Uh, that's essentially, I mean, the game, you have a base in this other... All right. You have a base that's in another reality that you get from a dragon friend... So you're building the castle up. So that was kind of cool. That was kind of felt like a newish thing where you're building up the castle. Um, but it was also frustrating because I didn't have enough time. Because you, you got to use these dragon points to upgrade everything. And you get those from completing battles. But if you're only doing story battles, you don't have nearly enough to upgrade everything. So like me, like I was going through and I'm doing in, like all these challenges and invasions, all these paralogs. And I'm like, fuck, I ain't got time for this. So I didn't get to <laughs> upgrade everything. So, uh, But that's the thing you can do. Um, they introduced like a smithy in this game where you essentially you take two similar weapons, you use that plus a, some sort of resource, generally a precious stone of some kind and or gemstone of some kind, and it becomes like a steel sword plus one or a steel sword plus two, and it actually doubles down. So like in order instead of like having three steel swords to make a steel sword plus two, you need a steel sword, a steel sword. Combine those to make a steel sword plus one. Then you need another steel sword, another steel sword to make a steel sword plus one. And combine the two plus ones to get a plus two. It's cumulative, it or it's bullshit. exponential, not cumulative. It That's is bullshit. It it is it is because it's very. I felt like I stopped doing because I felt like I wasn't getting enough might and hit on the upgraded weapons to really make it worth it. Like you figure going from a steel, what was it plus one plus two in a steel gave me two might. 
and it's yeah. like that's a lot of resources and gold to pour into and time and time to pour some into some of those weapons are locked by you only buy two of them at a time until you advance this plot or whatever mm-hmm. so then you're like why am i wasting my time with this like yeah. i i wish this weapon just had 20 uses and then i could be like all right put the might up plus five then give me some more crit and i'll call it a fucking day yeah, yeah i'll yeah. pay ten thousand dollars for that that's fine it also felt like this game had a fuck ton of just random other weapons that did super weird shit. Like, because I'm used to there being just like you have the iron, the steel, the silver. Well, see, that, mm-hmm. what you're talking about is just the Hoshido specific stuff. If you play Conquest, then you have that. You have the iron. Steel, well, they so. you have that in in Hoshido as well. Get you can get them if you go to other people like Anor. Your armory sells them. Your armory sells iron, steel, silver. Right, they just weren't called swords. It's, it's they were not, the, it's not, yeah, it's you know, it's well, katanas. Well, yeah, I'm not talking about the like weapon type. I'm talking about like the prefix. So like the, the, what I'm saying is there was a lot of weird stuff like like the paperclip and all these other weapons that had were like D and E rank weapons that all they had were like passive bonuses. Okay. Like there yeah, was a really ton just a of bunch that of shit. Unnecessary stuff. Yeah, so it the felt joke like. weapons. There's a ton of them. Like normally, there's only a handful, or in, even in those cases, they have fringe uses. Like I understand the use for like, like uh, this game. I could see where the smithing system would make the raider versions helpful because you could farm. Say if you're playing playing on really hard difficulty, you could say farm like challenges and get a bunch of raider weapons, and then you could pool those resources in the smithy to get like a halfway decent weapon on a regular basis early on. Um, but the rest of them, I like, I really didn't give a shit and they were all over the place. Well, it felt like they had more weapons than they usually do. Oh, and they had a ton. Like getting them was a matter of just luck. Bestending those, some of those squares, those sparkly squares. Sometimes like, mm-hmm. I got like two of Sakio. I think his name was Sakio. Sak, Sak, I don't know. The pal, the, Pegasus guy. Sabuki. Sabuki. Sabukai? Yeah. His Lance or his Naginata, which is not a bad one because if you have like more skill or or speed or something, then you Mm -hmm. get a boost to your damage. And I was like, that's fantastic. Great. I got a ton of... Ever again. I got a ton of Ryoma's clubs. Just so many Ryoma's clubs, which they're okay. I mean, they're low hit, high crit, so they're interesting. Like the Pine Branch Mm -hmm. weapon, uh, which is a Lance with low hit, high crit. Um... Stuff like that. And I, I think having those weird fringe use items is cool. But to me, it's only cool when items have durability. So you can all say, all right, I don't want to bust and bust my silver sword or katana. I'm going to use a, a raider katana on this hit. Or like you'll more likely to use these fringe weapons for their unique shit if you're not... Uh, if you're if you have the possibility of losing your main weapon, but if your main weapon, your most powerful uh, overall weapon, never is going to break, why would you ever touch yeah. these other ones? Yeah. So um, the only things I had extra were of the shurikens and the kunai because they eat, they each drop different stats when you hit with mm-hmm. them. So I was like, that's a use for having different weapons. Everything else though is like, is the hit high? Is the damage high? Mm-hmm. Okay, then I'm gonna use it. Why am I gonna bother with a weapon that does five less MT and has less like twenty less accuracy? Doesn't yeah. it's a dumb It's what? dumb. Um Yeah. Uh, do you guys think anything I'm missing here on gameplay? Uh as far as like uh well differences we from really previous titles. The 
classes too much? Oh, well, there are, yes, the classes. Um, why don't you break down some classes for us? You don't all have right. to list all the classes, but well, sort of explain the classes. So a new feature to this version of Fire Emblem is that in last, uh, last game in Awakening, they added uh, classes get skills. In this particular one, the classes still get skills, but each character has a personal skill. And some are more beneficial than others. Um, like, fuck, I can't think of one right now. But the villager like, one? The villager one. Aptitude. Aptitude. Where she, I think that might be a villager. Was that her like actual skill, though? Her personal skill? Because No, she stood in no, because and she got healed or some shit. I think that's her specific one, because you can heart seal somebody else to a villager, but I don't think they can get that, that aptitude skill. They, I'm pretty sure you can't hurt anybody to a villager, because they I, turn into something else. Hmm. Almost positive. Well, because she's specifically the only character. I think you can. I think you skill. can friendships seal them. Like you, if you like, if she get like Max. I don't. I really don't think that's the way that one works. Because it's a unique class. So if you like her in the dancing class for Azura, yeah. you can't get those on anybody else. Okay. All right. I believe it's fine. Or whatever I think. So, um. So yeah, you'll, each character will have like a specific skill. Like there's one character is like if they're paired up with the main character, your avatar, then they get like bonus shit. But I'm like they're never fighting together. Why does this matter? It doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so each character from each side, so Hoshido and Nor, they each have uh, their own unique classes. Some of them are similar, like the Swordmaster, and then like the Samurai. Mm-hmm. Kind of the same thing, um, but you get the more Western themed or or the more classical Fire Emblem class characters on the North side, and you get a character Silas early in the Birthright campaign, and he's a Cavalier, so you yeah. kind of get to mess with him. But none of the Hoshido characters get a horse, as nope. far as I can remember. So he's the only one, unless you recruit more North characters that can have that's on horseback. And you then, get a ton of Pegasus units. Yeah, though. like you get a bunch of flyers, and I don't think they get any Wyverns. It only Nor gets the Wyverns. No, you get um one later on. Uh, what's her name? Oh, the uh, Crimson. Yes. But I don't really count her because I mean, I already had characters. Te- she's technically a Wyvern, though. Yeah, she's, she's not Hoshido though. She's another. Yeah, she's another Nor unit. So but that's kind of the point. Um, so it's kind of a, like a weird thing. Like the older games, like all your characters were a, like they were a particular class. There was no confusion going on there. Mm-hmm. Um. But also, the difference between the Hoshido and Nor weapons is that the Hoshido weapons are all kind of fucking janky. Like, you have a katana, you get plus one speed, plus one skill, but you lose a defense. And, like, my samurai already have low defense. This is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Yeah. Why do I want to take a defense from a character? Can I just have a fucking sword, a normal sword, please? That's mm-hmm. all I want. <laughs> uh, and then, like, the Naginatas do something similar, the Yumis do something similar, and, like, their spell books are, like, spirit books or whatever, the scrolls, and they all reduce different stats and. Then you get onto these weird weapons where you use it and then like half your stats drop. You're like, what the hell? Until you attack again, yeah. It's like no, each time you attack, they drop the drop it down. You can't. You have to wait to attack, and you won't. You every turn you'll get that stat. Like get one stat back. Oh fuck that! And it's kind of like I'll just stick with my weak ass regular shit. Fuck yeah, the S class weapons were. I didn't. I didn't even touch them. Like they were doing weird shit, so I was out. Fuck. Like you, you get to the point where like you can raise some characters, then you get one character in the birthright pass and. Path, you don't have to use anybody else because he's, a, he's such a badass. He comes with a legendary weapon and he just like he's already promoted. He just fucking one shots everybody. Yeah, you know, like, Ryoma's pretty badass. It's like, okay, fuck everybody else. What am I? Yeah, um, we didn't talk about the people breeding. That's definitely a That's thing. Uh, because, uh, I remember you, that because it was a callback from my introduction. Yeah, interplanar parenting. So essentially, you can pair up people, they gain a relationship 
whatever while fighting next to each other in combat or by using the uh, hero's house and inviting people over for dinner to increase your uh, friendship with these things once you max out your friendship with somebody from the opposite gender and this goes for all units not just your hero can get married all of them can get married and have kids just about um but they reach s they have a kid um they put them in some other weird alternate dimension until they where they grow at ungodly speeds and uh you go and you do a paralogue and uh save them from some trouble they've gotten themselves into because they're alone for 90% of their life without a parent and uh, you recruit them and force them to fight for you with the chance of dying because we're all awesome parents. Hooray. Um, See, the thing that, about that that bothers me is why aren't they just fucking all the time and then you'd have a huge army of I know. children. They, like, they should just be... It's, yeah. just, it's a thing that happens really quickly. You'd think it, they would evolve some societies where just like just pump them out, pump them out, pump them out, and then I you was, have like this army of yeah. I was gonna soldiers. pull. I was gonna point this out in story. Um, when we got there, it's just so many of these things they're using to justify game mechanics with lore reasons instead of just leaving it kind of vague. Like it would completely nullify ninety percent of actual like fucking story things because if you can create a pocket dimension, then why are we fighting over territory ever? You have an infinite amount of territory. Why is Nor Norians living in desolate wasteland without enough crops when you can create a pocket dimension that has farms? What are you doing? So, there's that. Yeah. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but we're doing gameplay. So. Uh, yep. Um, so. Oh, there's a thing that they changed about this game, which was an addition in Awakening, which I can't stand, is the pair-up system. And pair up uh, where you so in awakening they added a new mechanic called pair up where you can have two characters kind of support each other in battle and they would fight together so one character would be in the lead they do the attacking the other character would kind of support and if they get attacked they had the chance to defend and deflect an attack so apparently that was too op because you could just steamroll the whole game with two characters but to be fair awakening wasn't really that difficult anyway no uh, so f they changed it for this particular one, where if you have two characters stand next to each other, then the characters will support each other in attacks, but you have to actually pair them up to get guard bonuses. Yeah. And it's not an immediate thing. You have to, like, you get kind of a stat boost depending on their relationship level. It goes up. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think also maybe their level and their, their, their caps, their mm -hmm. stat caps, that I mean, might influence it a bit. Their class but, also, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you get these like little shield things under their name in combat, and then like you do like four or five rounds of combat, and then the shield bar will fill up, and the next attack you receive will be completely nullified. And like a lot of the time, that was just wasted on bullshit. Mm -hmm. Like the AI, like I'd have a full shield bar, and then some AI dude that would do zero damage anyway comes up and plinks me, and it's like, oh no, I'll protect you. And I'm like why just let them take the hit and then some big ass bastard comes over and he's like 20 damage bam You're like oh okay crit 90 damage right? fuck thanks a lot buddy all right uh so let's go around the table and talk what uh did and didn't work as for us in gameplay and then we'll give it our scores um nick what did not work for you for the gameplay in this game did not quite a bit all right um i had a problem with the dual system the pairing up crap um, I disliked a lot of the ways that there was just a bunch of fucking weapons that I never wanted to use. Mm -hmm. uh, and then some of them adversely affected your stats. Um, I didn't like the diff, like that they changed a lot of the classes around. Like I, 
I would have much preferred like I guess the themes were cool, but I would just prefer to have just regular units. Okay. Um, that and it felt like a lot of the maps were a little bit more challenging than the last game, but still not challenging enough. Like there was like they'd have gimmicks. You'd be like once you figure out the gimmick, then it's like all right, whatever. Mm-hmm. We'll get through this map. So there was less like strategy and a lot of there's a lot of situations where like you'd get halfway through a map and then sometimes like you just get random ass reinforcements popping out of nowhere and they don't trigger until you move to that particular part in the map which has happened in other games before but it didn't feel as bad as it happened because they generally weren't within range of attacking on that next turn yeah so like if you hit that button on a flyer and then they spawn four ranged reinforcement the flyer's gonna die yeah um, unlike previous times where they would get reinforcements that they would come from the back of the battlefield where the bosses already are and like they would have two turns to move in front of where the boss is. So you'd be able to plan things. Yeah, like you like, wouldn't be moving a character into a fucking death trap unknowingly. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, they just tripped on this thing. Here's four dudes to come kill you in next turn. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's nothing I can do about that now. Thanks. So, yeah. All right. That's what didn't work for me. All right. Ryan, what about you? What did not work for you um, in this version what? of Fire Emblem? Yeah, um... I guess we'll go back to the weapons. Um, I mean, it, all the different weapons, it's cool you throw all this stuff in there. But like you said, it really takes out a lot of the strategy when the durability is not there. So you're giving me all these weapons that are just like, why would I use this um, when I can just use a regular iron katana or, or steel that really won't decrease my stats too much. And it does a lot more damage than you're going to give me potentially. I guess I know crits with a lot of those weapons, but I wasn't a fan. Um, and again, with Awakening... I really I played what fourteen fifteen chapters of that the pair up system to me um, it's not my favorite okay like not by any means really because it does it simplifies the game so much in a way because I know the pair up system is supposed to be a new you know addition and all that stuff to make it cooler and deeper but I'm a big fan of Fire Emblem seven and eight for the GBA um, mm-hmm. the Game Boy Advance and all you had in those was support system yep and that was nice and simple I mean it gave you more strategy you, you can't just pair up somebody that has uh, 22 defense with somebody that has 10 and then automatically give him seven on his next turn and just be able to uh, potentially rape everything that's, that's in your path um yeah. i didn't like that not a big fan it really cut down on the strategy aspect of the game um and like nick was saying a lot of the a lot of things with the map you i don't know because i love the flyers in this game um the sky knights i, I abused them i guess and uh you're right when you step on one certain part of the map and you spawn all these either the ranged pegasus knights or sorry with the you know, you know the archery Pegasus Knights are just regular archers that come up and they're going to kill your character unexpectedly, which which kind of sucks because you're restarting a whole chapter. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're playing this game for 40 hours anyways and you spend 25, 30 minutes on a map, you really don't want to keep redoing that too often. No. Um, I don't know. To me, I, it reminded me of Awakening um, just in the sense that I... I didn't enjoy the pair-up system. That was a real big thing for me. I'm not a big fan of it, but I was able to push through. I enjoyed, actually, the, the Japanese culture the game gave you instead of just using your traditional, um, I guess, classic Western to say that. I mean, I'm a big fan of Japanese culture, so to me it was kind of cool to see uh, samurai and, and all that fun stuff in the game. I enjoyed that, but um, yeah, that's about it, really. I mean, I, I enjoyed okay. the game, but uh, some of the things just kind of irritated me a little bit. That's all. All right. Uh, for me, as far as what didn't work... Um, it feels to me like Fire Emblem, the series, what used to be great about it, it was beautifully simplistic in its combat and its characters, right? Like, it, it had enough stuff to give you a few levels of strategy. Um, you had enough units, enough different items, and it kept kind of everything was very clear-cut as far as how to, you know, define a strategy for a map or a hard map or whatever. And... Y- 
abandoning the keep it simple stupid method um, in this and awakening uh, feels like it has taken that away. Feels like they're trying to tack on too many systems onto the existing fire emblem skeleton, if you will. Um, you know, by still keeping certain weapons better than others, but that's not all that is to attacking those units. Um, you know, the pair up, the support systems, all that kind of stuff just feels like it's getting increasingly, increasingly tacked on, like to the periphery of the game system, if you will. And it, what it ends up doing for at least me on some of the harder maps, it waters down to, you can't do your only real strategy is just to slow down. And take them one unit at a time, fish somebody out of a hole, like, and that's it. Like, you can't try anything different. Like, you can't, like, come around both sides of the map or, like, you end up, you know, halting up, waiting for somebody to catch up. Or you just end up just, like, murderballing a map. And that's the only way to do a lot of them or the simplest way um, because you you just clump up, do a bunch of shit, and that's it. Um... So as far as that goes, I mean, I, I'm really feeling like the the tertiary systems and some of the strategies were lacking in this version of the game. There's one more thing that I really dislike about this game. Go for it. Um, I loved the old support systems mm-hmm. where you get you get five conversations. You can choose to S rank one character, and then you can B rank uh, another character, and then that's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really a fan of... The availability of maxing out all of them. Well, that, and then the whole marriage-child system, I wish they would just get rid of it, because none of that makes any fun mm. for me. Like, I don't like going to Paralogs and recruiting new characters that I'm never going to fucking use. I don't mind it, because cause I'm not going to do all of them. I'm going to do, like, I'm going to see two stats or two skills that I want to see in one unit. And I will pair those people up, get the kid, and I will likely axe one of those units to replace them with a better unit. And I did that a couple times. Like, after a while, I didn't use Sabuki anymore because I had Kaldori, who had the villager aptitude um, ability. And she was almost 30% over his stats when I dropped him. She was just an infinitely better unit. Okay. So, I mean, there, there are times like that when it can be useful, but as a whole i see what you're saying where it's like you it's more it's more fail than it's worth if you were saying like there's not yeah it's like it takes away from the strategy of the game yeah. to me like cause you're giving me units and then like like oh well you can actually just have these two characters fuck and then you get a better unit uh just there you go like because like they're no longer a character anymore they're just walking stats yeah well i mean i'm like like but that happens a lot in 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 tactical strategy games. Though. I guess, but like in like previous games, if you get attached to a character and you've been using that character a lot, and then you start getting some shitty stat gains, then you've already invested so much time in this character, you have to work around it. Yeah. Or something like this, where you get at least in birthright, you can get infinite level ups, you can get mm-hmm. infinite stat ups, you can make your character level ninety nine for God's sakes, mm-hmm. and then you can have goddamn children who are even stronger, and it's yeah. just like. I understand it's an optional feature, like you don't have to do mm-hmm. this. But it, it's, right. it, it's well, let's 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 come off let's come off the down and let's go to the up. What are some <laughs> things that you liked about this game, Nick? As far as gameplay, I mean, it's Fire Emblem. Game. Like yeah. at its core, it's Fire Emblem. Mm-hmm. It's still turn based strategy or turn based tactical strategy game, whatever. Um, like the the plot is still kind of that we're, we're not implying. I know, but it's still like it's. 
it's still that weeaboo kind of shit, you know, whatever. Um, like it's it's just Fire Emblem, which is good. Like you can't really go wrong with Fire Emblem, even though they tack on all this extra weight. It at its core, you can you have a really good game series, and it's just kind of disheartening to see it kind of go into shit. Is all I hear I'm you. Saying. I hear you. All right. Since Nick's a complete downer, Ryan, why don't you tell me some things you like about this game <laughs> as far as gameplay is concerned? Uh, Gameplay-wise, like Nick was saying, though, it's it's Fire Emblem. It's, I guess what he said, it used to be a niche kind of kind of game. Not a lot of people heard of it because not a lot of people played this type of game. It's a strategy RPG, which are fantastic. Um, but he's right, it's a Fire Emblem game. It's what a lot of people go in there for. I'm not going to get on the whole downer aspect of... I don't know, casualizing the game and stuff like that. But if you don't use all these optional features, you're still you're playing you're playing a fantastic game. It does make you think. It makes you, I guess, depending on how you play it, not want to clump up and or you know, and it makes you think every single move. Um, and again, I love the whole Japanese aspect of the game. Uh, I'm a big fan. I love introducing all these new classes. Essentially, they're the same thing, sure. Um, but you reskinned it. You made it look cool for a lot of nerds like myself. Um, Really, uh, shoot, fantastic game. I really, you know, it has a lot of downfalls, but it's fun. It's the kind of game I like to play. And uh, sure, it jumped on the whole weeaboo kind of aspect, but uh, it wasn't bad. I really, I, I did enjoy it. I really did. All right. Um, yeah. I'm right there with you. I think still at its, at its core, it's an incredibly fun game. There's a reason I jumped on the bandwagon for them, you know, opening up challenges and paralogs um in awakening because more maps in fire emblem is always good times as far as i'm concerned i do enjoy being able to grind in fire emblem a little bit um maybe restricted a little bit so it's not as egregious as it can be in this game and don't make it quite as infinite but you know give me some options to do some bonus maps some some grinding between chapters that's great Mm -hmm. um Unlike Nick, I do kind of like the ability to pair up uh, units and have children um, because then it sort of adds this extra little uh, whose stats here am I going to pass on to the next generation kind of thing. And like I said, that happens a lot in in strategy games where you have a lot of characters. A lot of them end up losing what makes them a character and they become more walking, talking stat sticks. But I think that's more uh, the nature of the genre than anything else. Um and again, I think I'm, I'm right on board with at its core, it's a Fire Emblem game, and it's kind of hard to mess up a Fire Emblem game, even though they're trying really hard, it's <laughs> it's it's still kind of hard to mess up Fire Emblem, um, because, I mean, it's awesome. So, uh, so gameplay, I am going to give it a 4 out of 5. Nick, what are you giving it? I will give it a 3 out of 5. 3 out of 5, and Ryan, what are you giving it? Ouch! No, I'd give it a four out of five as well. Had its downfalls, but again, it's like I said, it's a fire emblem. It's a fan. It's fantastic. It is. All right. So that's it for gameplay. Up next, we'll talk about the story of the game. So as we talked before in the intro to the game, it the game is released in three different parts. Each one has a different story. So for the most part, um, we're gonna discuss the story of Birthright, um, but. Like we mentioned, the others are, well, at least Conquest is sort of like the mirror opposite of Birthright with probably a lot of the same plot points, um, just, you know, with different different skin on it and with Revelations giving you all the real information that you have to buy later. So, uh, 
Fire Emblem to me, I don't remember being so not interested in a Fire Emblem story before in my life. I don't know about you guys. Um, but I just did not find the story in this game engaging. Like it did not hit me up front as something I cared about. Like it was just like so it was just too much sibling rivalry for you. Yeah, I don't know. Like generally, Fire Emblem games they they start off kind of at that that base like kingdom level, well, but you start to get like that that mysticism dragon stuff mm-hmm. early on and with with enough heat to make it important yeah in this game you know they're like okay you're you're the avatar can attack as a dragon which you'll never use because fucking yado's why <laughs> and then you know you meet oh lilith is a is a dragon but what kind of dragon is that yeah and here's a fortress that you can use as your base of operations as you traverse into fucking uh nor or i would assume into um oshido on the conquest side mm-hmm. it felt just like a lot of a lo- a really really tropey and trite well i think the biggest thing missing is that even early on from the other storylines in the games like it's 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 it, like you said it starts at the kingdom level so it's like you are getting like you're like oh shit there's a war going on we yeah. need to fight this war and then a bit into it you're like all right so there is a there's a puppet master behind the scenes doing something and you kind of learn about what they're doing and you try to mm-hmm. find a way to stop them yeah and then you meet them and you fight them at the end whereas this one it's like uh, we're just gonna go look for our siblings, and then you find your siblings. And it's like, well, it's uh, well. well, it's all after the one. You're you're after King Garen from the from the get go, mm-hmm. like from the get go, and you just start picking up your brothers and sisters as you funnel down to this point to him, and it's all about him being evil. And then you get there, and it's like, wait, what? He's a dragon. It's 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 it, it feels, feels like a cop out. It felt empty. Yeah. Like, because a lot of the, a lot of, so much of the dialogue time is wasted saying the same shit. Like, if I spent another 30 minutes reading why they want peace, I was going to blow my brains out. <laughs> like, that was literally every fucking conversation. There was literally, like, we didn't get the end to any plot point until, like, the last chapter. Yeah. Like, it, like the end of Azura's plotline, like we don't even know why, just why. Mm-hmm. You, they kind of hint it's some sort of curse, but where to come from? Mm-hmm. Okay, why did this last time fucking do her in? Like that's, uh, that's why you gotta play Revelations. That's so dumb. <laughs> that is so fucking dumb. Yes, I agree. So I mean, um, even looking, even if I had the whole picture, again, I've said this in other games. Where they hide bits of story from each individual playthrough, I am not a fan of that. Even if it was one game and you didn't get all of the story in one playthrough and you had to play it like six times to get all the story, I hate that shit. I can, I can, I kind of like it when it's it's small portions, but you still get the big picture. Yeah. But I just played. I had forty two hours invested. It, that's not including times I died and started over. And I have a third of the picture. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. It's 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 not it's not computing in my brain of brains, brain hole space. See, if you took it as a standalone though, like if this was the only game that was in the, it would be list. utter garbage. Yes, this is almost Digimon World level story garbage. 
Yes. So, yeah, it's just so incomplete. It's not fair. You're right. You're paying eighty dollars to get a whole story. When technically, if they wanted to take their time and make one great game, you'd only pay forty bucks, and you'd be enjoyed with it. But you're right. As a standalone game, oh, it, it was disappointing. Like, and I can't time. imagine that any one of the three. So even if you could buy, I think Revelations would. If you bought only Revelations, if you could buy that as a standalone, seems like the only one that'd be worth buying. that would have a complete mm-hmm. story to it. Mm-hmm. Which it's the it actually, only one you can't buy as a standalone. Yes, it actually, I feel like <laughs> it's actually the Fire Emblem game that they wanted to make, but then somebody's like, "Hey, we can make some more money if we split things up." That's the part and, that yeah. makes me so mad. Like, I don't get it. Like, because if the if there was no picking branching point, and you went straight into Revelations and you played through Revelations, then it would. I feel like it would be a complete. Fire Emblem game. Yeah. Because then the story, like, I feel like the story to the point in which you have to choose feels very Fire Emblem, mm-hmm. where you're you're loyal to this one country, but then you find out the way maybe I'm not in the right right hood, so to, so to speak, um, and you find out, okay, well, I'm actually royalty from the enemy nation. Now what do I do? Yeah. I, you know, I grew up with these people. I love these people, but these people also seem really just and fair, and they're my family. It seems like a very, very Fire Emblem thing to do to not pick a side, exactly. to, to carve your own path, but instead the core game, you carve a path, you get to an end, none of which is relevant to anything unless you take that middle path. Yeah. So that's a... It feels like, hey, bad ending. Try again. Exactly. Like... Oh, I'm sorry. This was the shitty ending. The good ending requires <laughs> you to spend an extra X number of dollars and buy the DLC. Exactly. So that's just how I feel about this. I, I know I'm full of rage. I'm normally not the rage machine on this show. So, uh, yes, I'm, I'm, uh, as far as plot goes, like, it's been a long time since I've been truly invested in a Fire Emblem game because I mean, was the last one was Awakening, and you played like I played through that really fast. Mm-hmm. So, um, and sort of really, I think I played it over the span of like three or four months, just kind of intermittently, and it just didn't really draw me in. So, like, it would have been a Game Boy Advance or the one on was it uh, Radiant Store? No, Radiant Dawn. Radiant Dawn on GameCube. I played the fuck out of that. Or was that the Wii one? There was. Whichever was on the GameCube. Path of Radiance was the GameCube. Path of Radiance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's been since Game Boy Advance, GameCube era Fire Emblem that I've really, truly invested a lot of time in a Fire Emblem. But I remember those stories being engrossing. Like, I was, I wanted to go to the next chapter and I wanted to read all the dialogue. Yeah. I did not want to read any more dialogue in this game. Well, that, and I felt like the characters were more likable as well in the previous titles. And, you know, I didn't even really have a problem with the characters. Like, I felt like there were enough interesting characters, but all of them had that same... Well, you throw enough shit at the wall, some of it's going to stick. Right? Yeah, so. fair enough, fair enough. Um, <laughs> so, and we'll go around the table and talk about um, what did and didn't work for us in the story. We'll start with Ryan this time. Uh, what okay. did not work for you in the story of this game? I didn't I didn't get caught by any of the dialogue to me it didn't feel like any of the characters you'd really attach yourselves to I know um with Kaze uh he was I guess one of the guys you get at the beginning of the game he could die off what 15 chapters in if you don't get him an a rank with the thing mm-hmm. um not sure very much story wise but that kind of irritates me a little bit you know because you don't give any any foreshadowing or anything like that 
Um, yeah, I didn't no. feel invested to anybody, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you're right with the whole carving your own path. I mean, but you're carving the wrong path. And unfortunately you're, what they, what they release, uh, revelations like a month after a month and a half after the mm-hmm. vanilla games came out. So it kind of felt like, Hey, I'm really enjoying this game. I beat it. Let me play another fire emblem, but you're playing the exact same game. Just mirrored. You are just using different characters. I didn't enjoy that as well. Um, to me, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't enjoy it as much as I thought I would. I didn't enjoy Awakening, um, so I, I enjoyed Birthright a little bit more. But mm-hmm. to me, it wasn't as enjoyable like you were saying to the GameCube, Game Boy Advance era of the uh, Fire Emblem games. So okay, all right. Um, I've already spoke leagues about what I didn't care for in the story. I think that's my primary discussion of the story. Um, we're not really going to go down the line on this one on the story because it's. It's really as simple as you find out that you, like I said, you're the the part of the royal family from the other one, and you basically choose a side and you beeline directly for the throne to defeat the king. Pretty much, there's Big. also hidden information from you. If you try to romance anybody in your family, then like, oh, here's a letter from mom. We're not actually blood related. Yeah, and you're like, uh, well, that. Then what the hell am I doing here? Yeah, like, I'm I figured not actually with your people. I like, figured something was weird when I looked in there and I saw S ranks on all the my sisters, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and I'm like, hmm, hmm, not even going to try. Yeah, because I don't, I don't remember them addressing that at all in the storyline. Because I went, it's a revelations thing. I went because I went straight to like my, I, I married Rinka because. All right, I'm just going for redheads. Is that what? No, it is? no, 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 no. <laughs> because they, it just happened kind of naturally. Before I knew it, they were both like A rank, and I'm like, I might as well because mm-hmm. they, they're both frontline fighters. Mm-hmm. So I, especially early on, so it just happened. But Rinka says the best thing once you get like above a certain affection rating with her, because everybody like it'll fade out and they'll say a thing. Okay. She goes, "I burn for you." Wow. Every other fucking time, and it's hilarious. Because I'm like, you should probably get that checked. Nice. Um, I thought I click. <laughs> how do you click over? I don't know how you click over. Uh, <laughs> Nick, what did not work for you in this story? What did not work for me? The fact that it didn't, like, it didn't feel like there was any. It was going anywhere. Like you're saying, you kind of, like, you're like, oh, I picked a side, and then you're like, your character's like trying to explain why he picked the side, and then your your other your family that you just abandoned are like, fuck you, you're a piece of shit. I know we've grown up with you your whole fucking life, but you're a fucking traitor now. Eat, eat shit, we're gonna wanna, kill you. I don't wanna kill you. And yeah. you're like, well, dude, hold on. I'm just like, this is my actual family. Like, can except I just spend for, some time with you? Except them? for Camila, where she, she kind of, you kind of get like this, I'm gonna rape you back into yeah, my family vibe definitely. from her. It's really weird. Well, then you have a little girl. I love what her fucking name is. Elsa. Yeah. Elise, Elise. Elise. And she's cool, that kind of thing. She's like, brother, come back. Brother, come back. You're like, whatever. But then, so it's like. I'm like, this isn't really a motivating force for me. I'm not, I'm not feeling any attachment to these characters because my avatar has history with them, but that's not really explored. So I'm not understanding. Yeah, the we don't have we don't have the uh, what do they call it in movies and TV the save the kitten moment yeah. for any of the Norian characters. So yeah. we don't know why he has this these feelings for the, to us. They're fucking douchebags. Yeah, to to our knowledge, our character was locked in a goddamn castle away from everybody away from civilization kept as a goddamn prisoner he got to see his family members quote-unquote uh every couple of months or whatever they kind of grew up together and mm. then suddenly you get your freedom to go fight in this war and you're like 
oh, well, I'm going to actually go with my family, my real family, and everybody's flipping their shit. I'm like, y'all didn't really even, like, treat this kid as family. Like, your father, like, it's like, all right, he's like a POW. Eh, okay, cool. And then, like, every, like, there was the character that I liked, the the sorcerer guy that you, you beat when he's trying to kill Sakura. Yeah, but then you end then up... Ex- you, yeah, then you end up killing him because he betrays y'all. Yeah. And I was like, well... I mean, I saw that coming, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, like... And they build up the whole fucking who's the traitor plot line to just make it uh, Takumi fucking mind-controlled. Yeah. Like, oh, great. That's a yeah. fucking cop-out. Mind control is the answer to fucking everything. Like, oh, somebody we're supposed to be trusting is doing something evil. It couldn't be that they're actually fucking evil. Nope, mind control. Fucking gold bed all Hand over. Hand wave here. that shit out of here. Okay, so what else didn't work for you? Oh, the whole splitting shit up. I know earlier I was like, eh, it's not that bad. But then now that you, you've, you've, you've all conv- convinced me this is a fucking horrible idea, I, I agree vehemently that a single, a single fucking story campaign would have been leagues better. Just. Yep. Jesus Christ. All right. So we back around to Ryan. What yeah. worked for you in this story? What did you like? Not much. <laughs> um, I, I really shoot. It's been about a month and a half since I played anyways, but you're right. That's uh, a hard question. We're not talking about the negatives. We're talking about the positives. So positives. Positives. Uh, don't want to be depressing people in their car ride to work. I, mean, I know. I'm so sorry. Well, let's skip me. Let me let me think of something. Let's go to I'll you real you, quick, and I'll we'll think go of to, We'll go to me. All right. What did I like? Um, I thought there were quite a few interesting uh, characters, as far as uh, people in your party had interesting personalities and backstories that you only get through those support dialogues, which is unfortunate. You really don't like. Uh, like Rinka's people, you really don't learn anything about them. And like an Oni tribe of like fire people sounds way cooler than an ice tribe. I mean, maybe you fight them in conquest or something. It's possible. Um, so, uh, but yeah, there are some cool concepts there. Uh, the idea that, you know, like a, a, a caring servant for all these years turns out to, to, to be a dragon is I'm kind of okay with, even though like her design was kind of not a fan of the design on, on Lilith. Um, that kind of idea, like a pet dragon kind of thing would be a cool idea for a fire emblem, like to have like a dragon unit that you raise through the, through the campaign is an interesting idea. Even though the execution in this particular version is pretty poor. Um, I like the family theme, like the idea that um, they basically said, uh, take your typical Fire Emblem tropes, what do we want to make this game about? And they said family. I get that as a a cool concept where your character is kind of put in an impossible decision, like what do you do in that position? Um, But that kind of brings us back around to like, they never actually act reasonably or with any sort of logic. Um, they just sort of spout off platitudes for 40 hours, but we're talking the goods, not the bads. Um, and Camila had giant tits. I don't know. 
What do you what's what what was good for you, Nick? We'll make okay. it back to round around. I will say that really the only thing that I enjoyed was actually playing a dragon main character because we've never done that before in this yeah, series. Yeah, but it's useless. It proves I no know. point. That's that's where it kind of like the like I enjoyed the like oh right we'll give the main character the ability to be a fucking dragon, and then they shat all over it. I guess, except in Revelations, you probably make sense in Revelations. Well, I meant just like giving, like the, making that a part of the character was yeah, a well, unique thing. Yeah. And I appreciated them That's, at least trying that because I don't really ever use the beast characters at all. Like the they can be so good. Like I didn't really use the, the nine tail fox guy. Oh, he was so good. And like in other games, I didn't use the the rabbit chick. I don't really use the dragons he, because he ate the asses off of every mounted character that thought they were going to bring some shit. I understand that. Just, I understand that. Ugh. My my hesitation though is always because you get you get one stone mm-hmm. and it has like fifty uses in it in other games and then yeah. you, you don't you can't use them anymore once the stone's mm-hmm. gone. Yeah. So um Which one had that wolf guy that was amazing, but you only ever really got the one beast stone for him, so like you never guy? he was a wolf. I mean the Are you sure? Because there's the rabbit dudes in Awakening. No, 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 this is and before. I want to say this might have been on the GameCube. The GameCube, you get the Lagoos. You get there's a bunch of different beasts though. There's like the the ravens, the Hurons, and you get like the dog wolf people. That's and what I'm talking lion, about. There's the lions and there's, there's the dog cheetah wolf. chick. There's a dog wolf guy. Yeah. All right, continue. I'm sorry. Sure. I, I didn't mean to derail. But us. really, that's the only only really thing that I liked about it was the fact that your character was part dragon, even though the part dragon thing was kind of useless. Okay, like, that's cool. All right, we're back around to Ryan. What? Did you yeah, like? sure. Um, I guess like you said earlier, you, you got interesting side characters. They really weren't the focal plot of the story, but they got. It seemed like they got a little bit more screen time in this game, rather than just giving the avatar ninety five percent of the lines. Um, really, wasn't much substance to it, but it was nice to see that. Uh, really, I mean, you guys, you guys had some good points. Really, to me, just it didn't hit. It didn't hit home for me. I, did, I really didn't feel much for it. And the whole split in the past thing to me with the story-wise, it really just bogs me down a little bit. So, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, all right. Out of five, what are you going to give the story? Myself? Uh, maybe a two. A two? Not a fan. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm right there with you. I'll probably give it a two because, I mean, it's it's really got not it's got nothing for me. Mm. What about you, Nick? Uh, I'd give it a two. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rough. Like, it's such yeah, a shame. it's a little, it's a little unfortunate. Yeah, because like, I think going into this, we we're like, "Fuck yeah, fire them, let's do it," and then we're finishing it like, well, <laughs> I mean, this may game. be the maddest episode we've ever recorded, right? Oh. Like, and we we played Monster Seed. Well, that's because with Monster Seed, it's not tarnishing a fucking. Yeah, we we yeah, like it's a it's an expectations over sort of thing. Oh my goodness. We were like, yeah, we'll do a new game. We'll do fucking Fire Emblem. Like, Oh god, <laughs> that was a mistake. Oh no, especially Nick going in. So like, yeah, I'm gonna beat all three of them. I got plenty of fucking time. <laughs> like I just like I beat Birthright, and I was like, it's not again, never again. I don't know if I want to do the other ones. Like I was telling everybody that I'll, I'd play it on like easy with Phoenix, just to kind of get the storyline through. But I can even muster up the desire to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, music, right, right? Moving on to music. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have any clips to drop in the show. It is a newer game, so it's harder to get a hold of those tracks through any sort of reasonable means. So, um, But there's basically one track. You Are the Ocean's Grey Waves. I fucking heard Azura <laughs> yeah. sing one more time the same two lines. I was going to blow my dick off. <laughs> like, I was so tired of that song. Not to say the music, like some of the... like. Uh, 
because that song is the battle theme for the last uh, map. But other than that, some of the themes are okay. Um, the fanfare's moderate. I mean, it, it felt sort of samey. Yeah, that's, there's nothing memorable about this. Like, no. I can recall right now the Fire Emblem 7 battle theme. Yeah. And it's like, again, we ride or something like that. That's mm-hmm. what it's called. And I just kind of get you pumped up. And then, like, I can't remember any of the music from this I game. I fucking turned it off. I'm like, there's music? Okay. Shit. Yeah. Uh, not to mention the voiceover. I see. All right. I love voiceover in games, even bad voiceover. What I don't like is when you're going to do voiceover but only have, like, three or four lines that you repeat. Because I got tired of hearing, oh, no. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if the Japanese version had full VA. Um, it doesn't matter that's a bad choice go one way or the other my thing with VA though is in most games I read too fast because I turn on subtitles so if I have the option to read the text and then skip they'll be like and then we went on to and then we well that's better than better than ah uh, ah oh no (laughs) what ah uh. we're just like just just skipping over it it's fucking terrible man um Sound effects, mediocre. Music, mediocre. Overall, I don't know. Like, this one's be hard just to... I, I think we just... We just go score this one. There's no point in going around... Because it's, it's gotta be... It's gotta be five tracks total. Yeah, maybe. I can't even think of many more. And they reused a lot of assets from the previous game. Mm-hmm. It did feel... It felt so... Like, I've heard this before. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you are the ocean's gray waves thing. Yeah. Which they use... A lot. A lot, like every other chapter, like uh, it's like you have a cutscene coming. You like, oh god, (laughs) can I just mute this? Or the ocean's great. Whatever, fuck it. Okay, gay. All right, um, music score. I'm giving it a two. I will also give it a two. You you know, I'm gonna go ahead. Other than the ocean's great wave, uh, really. And the you know uh, ooh, uh, 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 I'm gonna give it a three because nothing three? really stood out for me, but nothing really it hurt me too much. Because you can always turn the music down for just what the 10 second, 15 second ocean's gray wave thing. Yeah, um, so I'm gonna stick with the three. It really, it wasn't as terrible as the story was for me. So fair. All right, time to talk about visuals, and I'll go first, like I always do, because I like to talk. Um, Listen to power bottom. Who said you're a power bottom? You're just a bottom, bro. Get over it. No, pretty sure somebody said power bottom, right? No, they just called you a bottom, and then somebody came to your fence saying you're not quite the power bottom oh. that they would have. Some people would have you believe, and then we were like, nobody called him a power bottom. Well, I'm owning it now, so. You, power anyway. bottom seems like an oxymoron to me, but whatever. Anyway, the visuals. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of the class. Uh, sort of like the uh, class designs, like especially for some of the generic characters, like the like the uh, like the general in the big suit of armor. So even like some of the classic stuff. So like the uh, Norian units, I all thought looked awesome. The battle sprites all looked awesome, and then the reskin and design on all of the um, feudal inspired Hoshiden stuff, I thought was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Ryoma's armor is a little bit to question, uh, and the hero's armor is also a little bit to question, um, but the rest of it it is fine, and the only problem I really had with the hero's armor is some of the weird poses that the 3D model would make in that armor, where he would throw his arms back, and it's like, there's no way he's making that motion in that suit of armor, so please stop. 
um, stuff like that kind of took me out. But uh, like the reskin of the uh, like the beast unit to the nine of tails, I thought was um, like an amazing choice. Um, the like the the griffin design in this game is spot on with the like the fanned out feather tail looked really really cool. Um, a lot of the character designs are unique enough um, for the art style. Uh, the sort of city designs, like when you see like a like a landscape or motion of a, a city, it all Hoshiden Norian, I liked it all. Um, the final boss, that dragon design was actually really cool with that empty skull with that one red light in it. I thought it was actually really sweet. Um, so overall, I was pretty impressed with the visual design on this game. Um, what about you, Nick? I I will also say that they did a phenomenal job on the visuals. They definitely used everything that they could to their to their best. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if all of the characters had like unique colors. I don't think so. It's all just the same, like. Because I only say that because previous games when Same they were doing sprite based, like they had different palettes. Sometimes they had different quirks, mm-hmm. like on their like one character would have longer hair, one character would have like a different like bow around their waist or whatever. And I, I always missed that because if it gave each unit like their own individuality as opposed mm-hmm. to uh, just using the same model with a different head on top. Mm-hmm. Um, the CG was well done. The battle animations were were pretty good. Um, really don't think anything was wrong with this visuals on this game. I, I like that the characters actually have feet this time, as opposed mm-hmm. to Awakening, where they had like little triangles mm-hmm. or something like that. That was I'm glad they fixed that. Um, but like Brett was saying, some of the the wardrobe choices were kind of weird. Like I don't still don't understand the far the function of Corin's outfit. At all, like it didn't which, even seem like it was cool. at the Avatar. Oh, um, like it didn't seem like it was from that era at all. Like, no, it seemed it was weird, just, like futuristic almost looking. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this doesn't seem like it belongs here, but whatever. Um, I mean, overall, I enjoyed the visuals; they're pretty spot on. So. All right, what about you, Ryan? Yeah, no, I thought they did a fantastic job. I'm like, like I said, I was a bigger fan of the the Game Boy Advance games, and uh, you know, they weren't. Uh, they weren't too bad. They weren't. They weren't bad. I mean, in this game, the the character portraits themselves to me looked fantastic. Not. I mean, even the 3D graphics and all that stuff looked great. But I'm. I, I love the stills. I really did. Whether it was the visual novel style, them just talking in between scenes, or in the battles, you got their heads and what the upper left hand corner and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought they looked great. Um, to me, I I thought you had a lot of personalization between each character. You have, what, three, four, five, six different Sky Knights you can choose from, but mm-hmm. to me, they didn't all wear the same armor. They were a little bit different in each of them. Um, different colors. Obviously, you don't want the same palette over everybody, but I really enjoyed it. Like Nick said, there really wasn't much wrong, if any wrong, in uh, in my mind that they did. Uh, personally, I'm not a big fan of the, uh, was it, the generals with the big hulking armor on them, mm-hmm. but that's a, that's a personal thing that I don't like about it. I love the Hoshido side. Um Oh, that's that's my character type, though. You can have Nick explain that to you. I later. know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I heard you talking about it. It'd be more warrior. Though. It just it really was yeah. a personal nitpick of mine, I guess. Yep, berserker definitely, or yeah. giant armor, just big badass. That's all I need, man. That's all I need. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, let's let's go ahead and score this bitch up. Uh, visuals for me, I'm going to give it a four. 
Um, I loved it overall. Um, there were a few nitpicky things. It is they really were capitalizing on a lot of their uh, like the 3DS technology, but um, I don't. There's not a whole lot that um, I think will stand the test of time in my memory. Like it's not going to be a whole lot where I'll. I'll instantly think Fire Emblem Fates. I might think Fire Emblem, but we're not rating the series. We're rating this individual game. So that's why it's only getting a four. Ryan, what are you going to give it? Oh, that's a very good point, actually, that it's not so much that we're not rating the series or grading the individual thing. Um, I'm a little bit more relaxed. I'm going to give it a five. I really did enjoy uh, my favorite part of the game by far. By far were the characters and, and how they looked and all that. So, All right. Nick? I will also give it a five. All right. Okay. I don't feel for like me. Uh, there was anything that I was looked at that was bad. So yeah, I mean, it's just to me like uh, the character designs, except one or oh, two. Like no, you're correct. I will have to dock half a point because for the children's, instead of making original character designs, they took the fan favorites from Awakening and copy and pasted, and that's that. Yeah, like no, you don't. Y'all don't get away with that shit. No, it's a thing that happened. Um, now on to Nick's least favorite category, replayability. So this is going to be an especially hard one for replayability because are we talking replayability for any one particular title or the collection of games? Because if we're, we're taking the collection of games, then technically each other path adds to replayability, but you're buying it again. So not really. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, a, it's a hard one because it's, I would say it's not replayability for if you're playing a new story path because you're technically playing a new game. Yeah. Replayability would be playing that same path again and again. But and again. not really because we, we were talking, we talked about like alternate paths in say Western style RPGs. It ends up being a different game and you're getting a different story based on what you're doing. That's the key point though. You're changing the story from you get uh, you based get a on your unit like you get a single okay, you get a single so thing this is the game that you purchased okay. you you go through it and you choose a path this one you, you are, have to choose a path and buy another game yes. yeah so you, Got it. you get a path and you're like oh, so well, it's that actual tra- actual transaction of money that changes it from replayability to playing a different game yes Got it. Okay, that's fine. Because you, we you typically don't count. The, we typically get, don't count DLC anyway. Well, we haven't had that as a thing to consider so far. I don't know if I can count this I don't, as DLC because it's technically a different fucking game. Well, you're past you're the you're, chapter. you're buying it based on the core value of a game you've already purchased. So you're not paying full retail price for the second you can one. Can optionally pay full retail price if you would like. But why the fuck would you do that? <laughs> well, that's like right. saying. Uh, I have I have Warcraft and I want Warcraft well, the Frozen Throne, so I'm gonna buy Warcraft and Warcraft the Frozen well, Throne again. It's the same thing though, because it's they're not marketing it as DLC, they're marketing it as separate campaigns and giving you a discount for already having purchased a previous okay. campaign. Okay. All right, all right. Okay. Well honestly I'll I'll look at it a different way. Fire Emblem as a series, sure you're gonna be reaching the same story path whether, you know, blah blah blah, you play Awakening or you play I mean, sorry, Birthright, or you play Conquest. But in the Fire Emblem series, you have so many different characters, and I think Nick touched on it a little bit earlier. You might have your favorite character just get fucked when you're, when you're talking about stat-ups, because the RNG is uh, can be fantastically horrible in some cases. But in this game, if you're not going to play it again for the story, replayability-wise, why would you? But you're going through all these different maps, and you can potentially do it a different way. You can put a limit on yourself, play with, like, Nuzlocke, play in a Pokemon 
where their character dies, you stop using them. In this game, you can use those characters you never used before just because in the other path they may have got screwed stat-wise. But in this game, they might be gods. So why not try out a different character? You know what I mean? Like, you'll get a different look for the game, a different feel for the game, different ways to play each map and all that kind of stuff. So to me, that gives it an extra point or two just because story-wise, sure, you're playing the same crap, but gameplay-wise... Uh, it's it's fantastic. You're you're giving all these different choices to play the game, play through each map to reach that endpoint again. So, this Fire Emblem series as a whole, you're, it gives you a lot of different leeway than playing, say, a, a mainstream Final Fantasy game where you we've got your four characters to play through the whole game. Mm-hmm. And this one, you've got what potentially forty. I don't even know how many characters you got in this damn game, counting the children and all that stuff. It just gives you a different way to look at it, a different kind of replayability, I guess. Yeah, I'm kind of partially with you on that. Where there's mm-hmm. a lot of character choices to be made in this game but if i look at it compared to the series so let's say i bought one version of fire emblem fates and i'm considering the replayability on that one version of fire emblem fates okay versus another game in fire emblem okay so if i play another fire emblem my my resources my leveling my maps are all limited so a second playthrough focusing on other characters would dramatically change how the game is played Mm-hmm. But here, I can grind infinitely, I can get infinite resources, my weapons don't break, and I have almost a limitless supply of master seals. So I can upgrade <laughs> every last unit I feel the need to. So that's true. I but can in a sense, essentially... that's only birthright, because isn't Conquest, you're not even allowed to have all these extra maps on the side? And I'm sure that's just kind of nipping in that one point, but in Conquest, I guess, it could potentially give you a lot different ways to play the game well, compared to, I guess, similar to the older Fire Emblem games, you know? For Conquest, though, you still have access to the DLC maps, so you have that option to play the DLC maps and grind that way. True, yeah. But the core game does not possess that, because Conquest is more of a harken back to the previous entries in the title before Awakening. Yeah. So you are correct there. Mm -hmm. But you still have paralogs to to spawn extra maps. True. You play them once. Yeah, I know. Well, that's still an extra map that you wouldn't have had in a classic title. It's also a risk versus reward type thing Mm -hmm. because you got to be like, do I want to jump into this and have this character potentially be massacred before you even get there because I'm not strong enough to save them? Yeah. Do I really need this extra XP? Do I really need this character? As opposed to the birthright path, you're just kind of like, hey, all my character's level 20. Let's (laughs) just play this map. Why not? Yeah. And so, I mean, that's kind of why i think the replayability is middle of the road because it's more or less more of the same you're not your decision decisions aren't as gameplay affecting as they would be in other games or even other games in this series so um yeah a little rng but to me it's essentially the same thing because this you first play through some characters got screwed some of them didn't Mm -hmm. so it should be different characters and uh, I don't think it changes it enough. Um, okay. What do you feel about replayability, Nick? Uh, I feel like this particular set of games is it's kind of different than what I what would usually grade a relay grade a grade, grade a game for replayability. Christ, I don't know why it took me so much to get that out. Uh, because each path is technically modeled differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, for in birthright, I don't think you'd ever play that again unless you're just doing supports. Mm-hmm. You want to max out the supports. Whereas in conquest, uh, depending on how you play, losing a character early and deciding not to restart could definitely change the way you play the game again because you could mm-hmm. lose a couple characters and then be screwed. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. then have to start the game over anyway. Where or you can you can you could pick different characters to play as whatever like. But see, that's not that's not necessary. Yeah. Though, I don't. I still don't feel like that's the same level of choice because if your character dies, you're going to start the map over again. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's let's be so it's realistic. An of choice. It, yeah. I mean, because you're that's a self-imposed handicap, and we've talked about that before as part of replayability. Okay. Like assigning yourself uh, an arbitrary handicap doesn't necessarily. So so the it, core game does not offer yeah that replayability factor. Yeah, it's something you're imposing on yourself. Yeah. Okay. So, um, for replayability, like I said, it's more or less more the same. So it's a middle of the road. It's getting a three from me. What about you, Nick? I guess I'll give it a three as well, because you're not you're not really playing problems for story anyway. And if you if you're replaying this, it's because you liked particular maps or mm-hmm. the gameplay. So. Yeah. All right, Ryan. What are you giving it for replayability? Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it at the middle of a road three. You're right. I mean, it's like with the DLC. It's or you're giving yourself arbitrary handicaps, whether you know you lose a character and all that kind of stuff. So I'd give it a three. Pos- uh, no, I'll stick with a three. I'll go to three. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it was debating between right. a two or three, and I decided to oh, give it a damn, three. Oh damn! I so. thought you were gonna go to a four or a three. Shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, time to talk about overall experiences. Um, this isn't quite as this is open to interpretation. And again, since it is an overall experience. It is uh, affected by my uh, expectations coming into the game. I often score games high in overall when I come in with my expectations low and they exceed those. I often score it low when I come in with high expectations and it does not live mm-hmm. up. And this is a classic case of I was super pumped to play a new Fire Emblem game and was immediate. I not wouldn't say immediately bored, but... 15 chapters in, I didn't want to play any more Fire Emblem, and that's not the best thing, especially since I, I love the series. I've played a lot of Fire Emblem, and mm-hmm. uh, it just did not live up to my expectations. Um, start to fi- start strong, like that illusion of choice based on what game you bought is is fun the first time you see it and don't really think too hard about it. Um the uh, there's a lot of characters thrown at you really fast, a lot of exciting things going on, but they start to repeat those tropes over and over and over and over and over again every few chapters. Um, so it, it quickly tires. So overall experience for me, it's getting a one and a half. Wow. <laughs> I'm being brutal, man. I, I was not yeah. feeling it by the time. I, 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 I barely finished it this morning. Like I got up with two chapters left and part of me didn't want to do it. So, Nick, why don't you give me an overall? Okay. Uh, I kind of had the same thing. I was hyped as fuck when I got it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I played to like chapter 11, and then I got burnt out. Mm-hmm. And I took a break, and then I came back into it and kind of worked my way through it. Um, and like, I finished it eventually, but then I was just like... It really uh, slogs down after like chapter fifteen, man. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, like, cause I wanted to play the other campaigns, but I was like, I don't really f- feel the drive to. Like, mm-hmm. I just <sighs> it didn't it didn't feel great to me though. Like that first first day though, I put like ten hours mm-hmm. into it, and if you can if you can personally find a way to keep that fire stoked and keep the desire going, uh, then you probably like it a lot. Mm-hmm. But, um. 
I actually liked Awakening a lot more than this game. That's pretty close to where I'm at. I played the fuck out of Awakening. I played that game a couple times. And I typically, for a five-month game, will play through the campaign over and over again. And then I'll be like, all right, I've played this for four or five months. I should stop playing. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a couple years later, or like, maybe not even a couple years later, just, like, a while later, I'm like, you know, I feel like playing Fire Emblem again. Mm-hmm. I, I'm actually, I'm afraid that I won't have any desire to play this game in the future ever mm-hmm. again. Like, there won't be any, like, if I want to play Fire Emblem again, I'll play seven mm-hmm. or eight. Um... Hell, I'm gonna play Burning or number six. That's not Burning Sword. Seven's Burning Sword. But fuck, like I'm just I'm like this is the thing, and everybody is still like I visit Game Facts a lot. Everybody's still like, oh man, Fire Emblem plays, Fire Emblem plays, blah blah. And I'm just like, I was I was clicking on those topics, but I'm just kind of like, I don't really care. Yeah, just don't care. So, um, I will give it a two point five. All right, Ryan, where are you at on your overall experience? You know, I'm the complete opposite. I mean, it had a lot of downfalls, but when I played Awakening, I, I couldn't even slug through it. I really couldn't. It was one of those things where I played, you know, a few hours the first day, four, you know, three, four hours, and then all of a sudden it was a one chapter a day kind of thing. And sooner or later, that just wore on me. Um, so coming into this one, I uh, I wasn't as excited as I thought I would be for a Fire Emblem game. And um, I guess playing it, because I know you guys, it's kind of the complete opposite. I, I enjoyed it a lot more because my expectations really weren't that high. Like when the pair-up system was introduced in Awakening and I found out it would be in this game as well, I'm like, oh, you know, oh shit. I really didn't enjoy it. But I think uh, just personally, with the uh, the Japanese influence on the game and what they did with the birthright, I'm glad I picked the birthright path. Um, it really bumped it up a little bit more for me. Uh, like Nick said, it, it, you have to find something to stoke your fire to get you through the rest of the game. And um, that did it for me. Personally, the, the small thing is, is the theme of the game really pushed me towards it. And uh, to- sure, towards the end of the game, I kind of sludged through it. Uh, maybe, what, chapters 25 through 28, 29 there was? I probably did one chapter a day kind of thing because I kind of wanted to finish it. Um, mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. I really did. I'm going to give it a four. Uh, like I said, I hate it. I really dislike the story, but the visuals, the characters to me were fantastic. The gameplay as being a Fire Emblem game, um, I loved. I really did. So I'm going to stick with a four with it. I, I enjoyed a, it. That's a legit legit answer. It's like you said, you came in with lower expectations than we did. It surpassed your expectations where it did, failed to meet ours. And right. the overall experience is probably our most uh, subjective category in, in, mm-hmm. a, in the whole ordeal because it is... it is how we felt about our time playing it and uh, it is what it is all right let's we've got one section left and then we'll wrap this bitch up it's getting long in the tooth it is time for quick fire questions i got six questions here i'm going to go down the list we're going to answer them real fast in a hurry first up nick hardest map um i guess the one with the tornadoes and shit or the wind the wind things okay i don't remember what map it was it was on the ship right I think so. Okay. But hmm. That's it. Ryan, hardest map? Uh, probably the finale, to be honest with you. My characters didn't have enough health by the time I got to the damn end of the game, so they were getting yep. one-shotted by uh, King Garen and his dragon form. Yep. So. Last boss, fucking one-shotting guys, especially the mm-hmm. hero, is bad news. Number two. Nick, how did Faceless sneeze? They're their asshole. Excellent answer. Ryan, how do you think Faceless sneeze? I have no fucking clue. That was <laughs> threw me off guard. We'll go uh, with through your asshole as well. Sure. I think they sneeze through the noses on their coin face. Trick question. Moving on. 
Ryan, what is your favorite class? Oh, uh, Samurai. Samurai. I like the Nine of Tails. Nick. I'm boring. I always like Swordmasters are the best. Swordmaster. All right. Question number four. Nick, will Felicia ever stop breaking shit? I doubt it. It's a heartbreaker. <laughs> Poor case. Ryan, will Felicia ever stop breaking things? Yeah, why not? You gotta grow up sooner or later. No, because she's a worthless cunt. Moving on. <laughs> oh, shit. Five. Favorite character, Nick? Uh, I actually liked Kaze a lot. Yeah. Like, once you got the, the A rank with him, whatever, like, before you hit that, the chapter 15 thing, he's like, look, this is why I'm the way I am. Like, whatever. Like, everybody else has kind of got someone to serve. I don't, you know. And your character's like, hey, man, serve me, whatever. Excellent. Like, That's cool. Excellent. Ryan, favorite character? Uh, Hana. Story-wise, she did absolute jack shit for me. Uh, but gameplay-wise, she was my beast by the end of the game. So, Really? Because I got fucking Ryoma. And I was, yeah, like, Ryoma I was comparing just... Hana to Ryoma, and I'm like, well, how does this even Well, happen? I mean, you, you give Ryoma his, you know, his special weapon, of course, he's going to rape anything. Uh, but Hana, to me, she had very similar stats to him, regardless of okay. the I special guess, weapon. You I know? guess all my characters got fucked in the ass then. Cause oh, pretty much, yeah. Stats. My favorite character was Kaldorai, because her stats were beast. She, even even arrows wouldn't even come close to one-shotting her by the end of the game. It was okay. absurd. <laughs> like, archers doing zero damage is just amazing. Okay. All right. Number six. Ryan, how hard yes. was this game to masturbate to? Wow. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give it a, let's say, three out of five. Why not? He had some. He had some sexy people in the game. Why not? All right, Nick. How hard was this game to masturbate to? Zero. Zero out of ten. Why? I just whipped my dick out right away and just started going at it. <laughs> oh, so it's super easy. Super easy. Super easy. So zero is the easiest. Yes. I thought ten, ten would be the easiest. Why would ten? It's a how hard. Ten how, would be hard. Oh, ten, all right. Yep. All right. I got <laughs> so super easy. All right. My I will give it a middle of the road because I just used the tears of my enemies as lubricant. All right, let's pull up the outro, our beautiful, beautiful skizzy music. Skizzy, skizza, skizoo, button somewhere. There we go. Thank you so very much for listening to this episode of The RPG Show. Uh, you can visit our home on the web at therpgshow.com. The the part is very important. If you go to rpgshow.com, that's wigs and shit. Don't go there. Uh, you can visit our forums. Just click on that link there. You can follow us on Twitter at the RPG Podcast. Be sure to check out our friend Retro Kel, aka Blaine J, on the Is It Worth It podcast, part of the Retro RPG Podcast. Um, you can send us an email, podcast at therpgshow.com. Please do. Uh, leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Each one counts, and we love you for it. I think that's it. I don't know what else I got. But until next time, say goodbye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Adios. Hey, it's time for me to be creepy again. Don't press any buttons. Right there in the fucking show notes, there's a link. It says, leave us a rating and review. It's got a little hyperlink. Unless you're using like a default podcast browser in which it might not work. But if you're using anything else, it tends to work. So listen to me. Trust me. I'm the man. I'm your, I'm your, I'm your boy, Blue. Okay? You go click on that link. You're going to go to the iTunes store. You're going to leave us a rating and review. 
don't just leave us a two-star rating and not a review like some people we're not going to mention. We don't know who did that, but that's not very helpful to do that. But leave us preferably five stars. Unless we're not worth it, then, you know, smack a squirrel and send it out the back door. Until next time, bye.